welcome back everybody to This Is Our Story. We've decided that this one is probably going to be our last one, uh, given the fact that I, my day's unpredictable now as I'm very due to have a baby. So, I love how you say probably. <laughs> it's, <laughs> have, it's happening. We have said this a number of times, but the deadline is basically set in terms of your yes. bodily functions. <laughs> so uh, it's a little bit out of our control. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it kind of has to be the last kind one, of to be this, honest. Yeah, this one will probably be a bit longer. Um, so bear with us as we try and wrap up in sort of an hour. We've got like can. <laughs> six years to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot to cover. So to be honest, we're, we're not going to muck around with um, story time this week. Right, the, talk, talk. Um, <laughs> the, the question we, we wanted to ask each other, actually, um, instead of story time, was if you could go into any time of your life, where would it be? And for myself, I'll, I'll answer this first and then I'll ask Karen. But it took a little bit of thinking uh, with this question, actually, like thinking back into childhood years and then adult years. And I really feel like, honestly, I mean, I've had lots of highlights in life, of course, but it hasn't really been until even in the last 10 years, you know, when I, I felt true happiness about where I am in life and who I'm with and the things that I'm doing with, you know, that person where I felt like I was truly happy. So I, I can't think of a specific moment, but it's just a feeling, you know, when you, um, mm. when you and feel Sometimes happy. you don't real like, you don't know that, that, that you've changed, right? You only know this in reflection. Exactly. And, and um, you can't really pinpoint an exact time that made, made no, the difference. Yeah. No. And um, so, yeah, I can't necessarily say a specific moment, even though there's been lots of places where I'd definitely go back to and actually this is something I wanted to clear up from the last the last one or one before when we were talking about places we'd travel to and I, I said Paris but actually I take that back because after I said that I was like no that's not even my most favorite place I mean these <laughs> days you I, get robbed in Paris yes. people complain about it being dangerous all the time <laughs> but I, I I'm changing my answer to Croatia because every time I, someone asked me that I'm like oh Croatia I'd go back every year I've been about three times and it would still be my top place to go so I don't know why I said Paris even though it is a magical place but Croatia is my answer so <laughs> just had to clear that up you and all the other expats over there I'm sure. <laughs> it's like populated with like Kiwis and Australians they love yeah. going to split oh it's <clears> amazing <throat> place but anyway if I can throw that question back to you Kieran if you could go to uh, well about. first of all kia ora. didn't say that before hello everyone and just in preparation it has been quite dreary weather and and will be a bit stormy so if you hear anything in the background that will be it it's also sweltering so <laughs> if I feel the need to just remove some items of clothing <laughs> don't be all right, alarmed all right. <laughs> yes don't uh, forget that i can see you <laughs> okay so i think for me going back in time to a period of life it's kind of a, a different i'm not quite sure how to view this particular question because am i going back in time to redo it or am i just going back to do it all over again because i, I don't know if there's any period of my life i'd necessarily do over um the same way like i probably i think all of us would say we'd do things slightly differently if we went back in time but in terms of a time of life where i felt probably the most excited to be alive the most um where everything seemed exciting and unreal and and the world was my oyster 
it's probably kind of the point we're about to discuss. And last time in our last episode, we kind of finished up with a very kind of very kind of intense moment where things it just it was a perfect shitstorm in terms of my relationship with my partner. And we were on our way back to Thailand and she had asked for us to kind of sleep together again and kind of reconcile. And I'd said no. So I wouldn't go back to that moment because that was quite dark. <laughs> but in the uh, in the times ahead, I mean, there's a lot of messiness there, but this feeling of being in this country and this new country and, and, and Thailand is it's such an intense place to be. Uh, there's so much to experience. There are so many different types of food, the sights, the sounds, the smells, uh, the the people, and everything about it was just so intoxicating. And that when you go to a place like that for the first time, that's something, that feeling is something you'll never get back. Mm. And that, I felt that feeling for probably the next few years of being in Thailand and it was despite all the bullshit that was going on in my personal life, the feeling of being in a place where I felt almost completely free to be who I wanted to be. That was just something I'd never experienced anywhere else. And to be honest, haven't really still have not felt uh, since. So um, I'll probably come. I'll circle around to this as we as we talk um, as we continue on. So I'll probably I'll carry on with my story then and uh, from where we left off. So we got back to Thailand we continued to sleep um, separately, obviously. Uh, now, I can't quite remember the timeline here. It's a bit, it's quite hazy, but at some point we decided to, we had a conversation about what do we do now? And I'm pretty sure it was my partner who initiated it. And the tone of the conversation was, I think maybe we need some time apart. And it was her idea because I wanted it to be I desperately wanted to to leave but I didn't want to be the one to bring it up because I just didn't know how mm. and I remember we had friends come along and join us and it was like all of it, it was a very civilized it didn't feel as messy as it um as it had been or what or definitely not as messy as I expected there was I'm pretty sure we just like prayed together and <laughs> it's mm. quite surreal looking back uh, you know, just kind of this eye of the storm type scenario. So she moved out, moved into the accommodation at her school, and then I had this apartment to myself. What a relief! It it was, but because I didn't, I didn't really have any close friends to talk about this stuff with. Just and, and all my um, desire to be a, not to be alone, but all my desire to have control of my life again, and all of a sudden I've got it what do I do with it? What do I do with this freedom, you know? And uh, throughout this process, oh, that's right. I just remembered what we talked about last time because I talked about the church stuff, right? Mm. And so that that all that church drama immediately followed that moment and all the gossiping and stuff. So uh, probably a matter of weeks, maybe a couple of months after we'd split and – I lost all of those church friends and then all of a sudden I was in this place and completely alone with um, like no idea what I was doing. <laughs> uh, at the stage was working as an English teacher and the people I worked with were amazing. They were just so cool. And I, and I still know some of them today. 
still close friends, and none of them had, any, as I mentioned last time, none of them had anything to do with church. They were all pretty religious, actually, and it was so refreshing to get absolutely no judgment. They had their own dramas going on, but it's just funny. Like when you're with people who aren't in church, it's funny the kind of things that aren't drama. Yes. <laughs> you're like, like, I don't know, like no pressure. You know, someone sleeping with who or that person's um, cheated on someone. I mean, as we don't encourage this, obviously, but they're just kind of. Your problems probably seemed minute compared to yeah. other stuff. Like it's not a, yeah, well, know, a big like, deal, but. People you know. knew this stuff were going, was going on, but we didn't really talk about it. It was maybe it was just escapism, but we we went out a lot, and this is when I started to probably drink the first time, for the first time. Never really, always being quite um, controlled with my drinking. Uh, it's because it's I'm, weird the first few times you go yeah. out, right? You're like, this feels fun, but also yeah. And I was in this kind of transition <laughs> stage of, am I still a Christian? Like, am do I still love god like do i still what are my values yeah like Mm. i I didn't know anymore uh, and i felt that i should be a good boy a good christian um but i didn't have that community anymore so what did it count for if i was doing these things if if i didn't have a church house Mm. to call home that was a really confusing time for me and i don't know it was confusing but i just slowly worked it out and i can't really I can't remember the timeline in that first year well enough uh, to really kind of explain how that progressed for me. But I do remember just starting to really enjoy myself going out and getting doing some crazy shit with my friends. Like we went to strip clubs, which is in, Th- in Thailand is a little bit different than it would be elsewhere because, um, I mean, I wouldn't do that na- this now, but back then it was – it was just a fun, like a really fun environment where you go with a group of friends and you, because they're kind of open to all times of night, obviously there's always, there are always going to be people there and cheap drinks are cheap and all the stuff is kind of going on in the background. You're not really focusing on it. You're just hanging out with your friends. It was, it was really odd because in a million years, I could not have seen myself doing that just even six months prior to that, like <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> uh, I, during this time, whilst kind of getting to know myself and starting to have fun, I got myself into a relationship quite soon after, really soon after, actually. And I, it was not great for me to jump straight into a relationship, but it's no surprise. But it's really, so it, common, right? So, so, so that's, common. That's why they call it the rebound. But I guess yeah. you, know, you wanted to fill a void, I guess, that mm. you probably always had, but. but- it, well, absolutely. But this, I fell for this girl really quickly because she was the opposite of my partner. Very soft spoken. Like I just enjoyed her company. She was lovely, kind. Uh, what didn't really have a bad bone in her, you know. And unsurprisingly, I desired that in my life. Did I know what I really wanted, like for myself? Of course not. I had no idea. I'd had my whole foundation pulled apart. No church, um, no family around. Like whilst you guys knew about what was going on vaguely, we didn't talk very much. Right? I didn't really talk to mum and dad very much at that time. We talked sometimes. We saw each other in that first year. You came and visited, um, which was 
difficult because I wanted, I remember I wanted to introduce you to this girl, but it, um, it, because mum and dad came as well. Yes. I remember feeling quite mm. pissed off that mm. you thought it was a good idea, a, a bad idea. <laughs> and so I didn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That first year is all a bit muddled up for me, but I do. Yeah. I do remember that. Uh, she, I mean, she was so good to me, but hand in hand, I was trying to balance this desire to find myself and not go crazy, but just do whatever I wanted because I'd been held back for so long, not just by a controlling partner, but also by this rule system mm. that um, had come through that I'd had growing up in the church. And you've been through all of this yourself, so you, you would understand. Yep. So I felt like I almost had to prove that I wasn't being held back anymore. I had to prove that I had control. And uh, that didn't mean me getting drunk because I think I've always been responsible right I've always been I've done my best to make good decisions but now I was making good decisions for my own benefit not for somebody else mm. so that, that was quite a, an interesting time of I remember the first time I got high <laughs> that was in that first year uh However, it was secondhand, <laughs> secondhand smoke because I like because drugs for me has, has always been a no-no for never wanted to go there. Same with smoking as well. So I, I didn't feel I didn't get those traditional temptations that a lot of people do when they uh, when they Find are single and, and <laughs> out in the big wide world. But yeah, I did get really high because all my friends were were smoking weed around me, and that was that kind of freaked me out actually. Because that, that made me really feel like a bad person because <laughs> it was just this <laughs> Feels hangover. Feels like a step too far. <laughs> yeah, this hangover worrying about um, sin and the, the wages of sin. <laughs> In the end, the conflict between this kind of dating this lovely girl and having this kind of stable, predictable life with her and this desire, on the other hand, to have this fun and a little bit wild within my own boundaries, of course, but a little bit wild, hanging out with friends whenever I wanted, going out and doing crazy shit whenever I wanted. That didn't line up. And in the end, I just, I couldn't. Can't have it both ways. Can you? Yeah. And I, and the, I think the background to that particular relationship coming to an, an end was because um, there was a lot of gossip going on because we had a lot of the same friends in church and because people expected me to make an effort to get back with my partner, that caused a lot of friction, as you can probably mm. imagine, uh, if I had just moved on so quickly, because obviously I, it was showing that I wasn't really interested in, in giving my marriage a, a real good go. <laughs> mm. uh, when and, and just to backpedal a little bit, when I separated from my partner, I knew from that very moment that I was not up for reconciliation. I did not want to try harder and make it work. I'd known this for a long time. It wasn't a decision that I took lightly, but it was a, a, a final. The decision had a, a massive sense of finality about it. Mm. And the only way, though, that I could kind of get myself out of the situation in the first place was by promising tell her that, yeah. that we would work on it. And to work on it, that meant going to counselling. Now, I'd mentioned before going to a professional counsellor, uh, which did not work out because he said things that she didn't want to hear. <laughs> so we actually ended up 
going to see a um, a pastor and his wife at another church that we had started going to because of all the drama in our church. We'd left that. Well, the idea was that we left that and then went somewhere else. And these pastors are really nice people, but they had no idea how to save the situation. They just, oh, there was a lot of awkward conversations, really, because I super, super did not want to be there. Mm. And they would ask, they would ask a lot of questions like that you would expect counsellors to ask. It's so know. tricky because how can you be truly honest? <laughs> oh, it was, I must have come across this so inauthentic and I know that I didn't respect the process and that I wish I could do again because I would, this part, this messy part, I could have dealt with better. I know why I dealt with it the way that I did, but I know I could have done better. Uh, and I'm sure I could probably created or stirred up a lot of resentment with my partner. I, I think, I mean, we haven't really spoken <laughs> since then, so I couldn't tell you how she felt, but I know that it would have been bad. She would have felt really bad. Because I remember, and I've, I've said this uh, maybe a few times, I know that she loved me. Her feelings are very genuine. Um, she didn't express them in a very healthy way, but I know that at the heart of it is that she was just desperate to get the same kind of love in return. Yeah. Uh, and it just went the wrong way about it, too. Yeah. I mean, I can't fault her with all, all the stuff that's gone in her background and everything, all of that. And I, I wish I'd been more empathetic to that at that time. But there was a there was a time, I think the last meeting that we had together, counselling, was I was asked the direct question, uh, something along the lines of, did you, I was asked pretty directly, do you think that you ever loved? What did you know what love is? Like, what does it mean to love your partner? And I think I said it pretty clearly that I don't think I ever knew what it meant to love. Was she there with you? Was yeah. this? Yeah, this oh, was okay. this was couple counselling, mm. and uh, that was pretty rough moment for her. Mm. Well, and, it would be. Um, and she was like, "Well, I I guess that's the answer because you." never really loved me and it was a really really heavy moment uh, and I think that was pretty much the end at that point that would have probably we... been quite hurtful mm, to hear yeah, yeah and I I admit that uh these are things I'm not, I'm not I, saying we, you shouldn't have said it no, I mean you were being honest but these like, are things to that hear needed that. to be said mm. but uh, the delivery could have been better uh and I don't think we really talked after that there were a few times when I was so dating this other girl, right, when she assumed that I was still working on it. She didn't know about it. Uh, and then um, she got really mad because she – oh, she got super, super mad when she found out. So it was like I was cheating. Mm. Uh, that was real. That was when, actually, that was what culminated in me having to leave the church in the end. That's when it got really messy. And then we ended up having to kind of just – we were always hiding. <laughs> yeah. This girl and I were always hiding, being together, and I was always worried about running into people that I knew. You know, Bangkok's a huge place. <laughs> you know, I was always scared that someone that I knew was going to be around the corner. When I, t I was like, I was technically married, but I w we weren't together, right? So these are the kind of rules that I just felt really justify it, I guess. By <laughs> yeah, but but it's this expectation in church of 
doing things in a particular way. I think outside of church, it wouldn't have been a, it would have been a non-event. Well, people might have mm. talked about it, mm. but not in the same sense of this is a, betra- a betrayal of who you are and who your partner is. Mm. Like there wouldn't have been so much so much guilt attached to it. So to to step away from all of that and away from the church people, and then once I finally moved on from this, you know, this relationship, um, it was I felt quite troubled by it, but also very free. Like first, the, probably the first time I felt free, and uh, I got a new job at that time, and I made a whole bunch of new friends. And so it was even one more step removed. So it was like each chapter getting a little bit further away from my old life. And we were going out quite quite often, still like obviously keeping keeping myself in check, not going too crazy. But yeah, we did go out a fair bit and I started dating again. I started using Tinder actually for the first time ever at that time because I was, you know, I was properly single and that was a, that was interesting, actually. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd ne- I'd actually never dated before, never, mm. because remember that my partner was my first, yeah. first everything. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. So as soon as someone showed some kind of sense of affection or interest, I was like, oh, oh my god, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Which again and, is so normal coming out of a relationship like one like yours. Oh, totally. And I think. I think now I was really looking for something different that really matched what I was a chapter of life I was in. And this chapter of life was probably what I would call adventure. I was desperate to get and start actually enjoying life again and seeing the world and experiencing everything uh, within reason. But yeah. And I met this girl within, we started dating within three months, I think breaking up with the previous one. I think it was three months and things went pretty quickly. And then like a few minutes, we were dating for a few months and then all of a sudden she just like moved in. <laughs> mm, uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So then we're all just, li- we're just living together after a, a few months. It went really fast because I thought that's, that's how I understood it. Like if you have feelings for someone, you just, you jump all the way in. Right. <laughs> mm. She was slower at first. But um, I've always been a bit of a romantic, so I guess I won her over. <laughs> but that that relationship, I understand I'm kind of speeding through some things here, but that relationship was really interesting, actually, because a lot of the char- her personality traits actually were quite, quite similar, similar to they? my yeah. ex-wife. And she was a different person, 100%. She was Thai. She had done a lot of travel and was very kind of worldly wise, but her personality, she was not the same, but there were definitely some similar traits there. And the the controlling aspect, the unwillingness to talk about anything, unwillingness to kind of bend (laughs) on just even the most simple things Uh, and very jealous, very jealous. That was that was the thing that really kind of. It was created a lot of drama actually over the the two years we were together. Uh, Is it that long? Hmm. Yeah. So what? But what I uh, before I get to that, what I did love about this particular relationship is that we just did so much travel together. 
and she was really adventurous and didn't want to go for anything fancy. So it was always uh, hostels and cheap and cheerful, very cheap. And we just had like some of the coolest adventures. It's one of the adventures that we went on in the north of Thailand. Like you can never predict everything in Thailand, right? Things can go pear shaped so quickly. And we kind of missed a bus or something. We ended up having to drive on a truck with bags of rice and we were hitchhiking and all this kind of stuff. I never in a million years would have done on my own unless I'd been kickstarted by somebody else. And so that's why I think I held on to that relationship for so long. Mm. Uh, it was not a smooth relationship. There was definitely a lot of things going on. I, she definitely cared about me. She was just a, a cool person. But in terms of relationships, she didn't really know how to – she was just not soft, you know, very hard. Uh, and I, really, I think what I needed in a person, in a relationship, was that balance between someone who's got their shit together, knows mm. what they're about, but also isn't – is a bit supple, you know, mm, yeah. <laughs> is, is willing to just kind of go with the ebb and flow of life. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think in their last – months of us being together so okay so we would go on these trips together and amazing time but i always knew that we had to account for at least one to two days that would turn to absolute shit because she'd get in a bad mood (laughs) (laughs) uh and i mean but you were used to dealing with that kind of predictability exactly and Mm. at some point i guess i must i started making some friends at this stage i was working at an international school and very like a solid stable job quote-unquote proper teaching jobs and not second language Uh, i had some stability in my life i had some great friends that i'd met because i studied thai there and was very passionate about that but made a really great group of friends and had some really good colleagues as well at work and i think these people just started to open my eyes to what i was worth and so i would tell them some of the stories that some of the shit i was putting up with and they were just like you're not like that's fucked yeah (laughs) they would tell me they would tell me straight up it's just not okay and uh, finally some people that cared enough to actually speak up for you and be like hey look that's not normal yeah (laughs) which you hadn't really had before right yeah it meant so much to me and it's why i still am connected with some of these people now because Mm. it's what i'd craved like my Mm. whole life really even when i was really young i never had that i just friends who would just be there and say things that need to be said. And it's also fast forward now why I value being that for others, because it, you can never We discount. all need a friend like that. hundred uh, percent. And there was one particular event that happened. I had a, a best mate and she needed someone to look after her cat. She was going away and I volunteered. I was like, okay, I'll stay at your apartment and don't worry, I'll, I'll look after the cat. Uh, while you're away it's fine and then my ex-girlfriend so she i told her about this but then she didn't believe me because she was certain that i was cheating i was cheating with this girl obviously and that kind of got really really dramatic (laughs) and in the end i had to cancel tell my friend at the last moment that i couldn't do it and it really fucked things up with my friend, obviously, mm. she had to go and spend heaps of money on a cat hotel really last minute. Our friendship was damaged. My re- relationship was further damaged because of the argument. And then after that 
Hofiori, my friend was like, you know, that's just, that's not okay. That's a lot of stress on you and that's not fair. It really fucked up a lot of things. It affected quite a few people and you don't deserve to be with someone who would do that. And yeah, so I, th- I think through the, all of these, throughout these years and like over these two years, I was just kind of learning the kind of value that I have. And it was really, really important <laughs> to figure this out because I, so these things are, you know, you hear this from parents or you hear this from uh, people around you, friends or whatever, they help you build up a sense of who you are and why you mean something to them. Mm. I hadn't had that for a long time. Well, you had no confidence, time. right? And you didn't even yeah. know who you were. So, yeah. <clears throat> so um, basically, yeah. So we, we broke up uh, eventually and um, it was very, I think at that point, it's like each, each time I've gone through this type of experience, I've just gotten a little bit stronger, which is what we can all, all we can hope for really. Right. Is that we learn from it. But, uh, as well, you're kind point, of creating like building blocks in your life, they, right? Building on these experiences I mean, I, that you are I, having, yeah. whether they're negative or was, not, they're still <laughs> building blocks, aren't they? And I, I obviously had some, there was probably, there was definitely some shit that I hadn't dealt with from my, from my marriage of 10 years. How can you say that? Just that stuff disappears because it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> and that was definitely hanging on. Um, after I broke up, I actually went back to the same counselor and had a couple of sessions with him because I was just starting to feel things boiling away and I didn't deal with them in those couple of sessions because you, you can't really deal with anything in a couple of sessions, but it was kind of a good realization for me that, uh, something was going on there and that I needed to sort this out. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here because, um, you know, time. <laughs> the baby could pop out at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be rudely interrupted by the wee one. It's not a, not a great start. Uh, so I actually met, I met someone. Oh, okay. So I went, I went back home, home, quote unquote, home, complicated, <laughs> complicated uh, subject. But at the, by this point, Mum and dad had left Saudi Arabia and had gone back to Harvey Bay in Queensland. It was, I think it was their first year, second year there. And I went back with them and we were kind of with my, my girlfriend. We were kind of, you know, are we staying together or not? I went back and I didn't invite her. And I think that was the final, the final straw. But anyway, I needed to go back and I needed to spend time alone. And I was with mum and dad for two weeks surprise dad and it was a it was interesting actually interesting experience because i wasn't the same person who had seen them just what two years prior Mm. Mm. um i had gone through a lot of stuff i was in a completely different chapter of life now i felt that probably what you felt that they were judging me for my some of the decisions i had made i had moved away from church that definitely came up. I don't remember what we talked about, but it did come up. Uh, and then it was also just me trying to figure out mum and dad again because, I don't know, it was, they were like strangers mm. and and vice versa, really. Uh, and this is something that has kind of stayed with both you and I, I think, you know, through this whole process, through our adult years of because we've been apart for so long. Mm. And um, at this time, I was also processing the kind of, 
the upcoming breakup, if you will. And it was it was nice. It was nice. I, I couldn't ever have imagined living there, which is what I ended up doing a few years later. <laughs> but it was very, very quiet. That's all I remember. Mm. I didn't really do much. There's nothing much to do in Harvey Bay. <laughs> so I went back. Now, this is disputed, but somewhere along that line, I coming back through Singapore, I was scrolling on Tinder, <laughs> as you do when you have time to kill in an airport. Uh, and I matched with a girl and didn't think anything of, think anything of it and then um, went back to Bangkok. And uh, there was an intervening period with my girlfriend where we were basically, we were together, but basically not. So, <laughs> God, it was awful. It was, Fuck, it was awful. So she was still, she was living with me, right? I had this house, this apartment that was basically mine. Like I'd chosen it. I think I was paying all the rent at that stage. I don't remember. Anyway, she had decided that, or we had decided that we had broken up, but she had nowhere to go, which she reminded me of repeatedly because she wanted to make me feel guilty. (laughs) She would sit out the lounge and then scroll through Tinder, like deliberately so that I could see. And that was, yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> wasn't a great feeling. Very messy. I recommend if you break up with someone, just get them to move <laughs> out. Get out. <laughs> I do not recommend that situation at all. Anyway, so uh, started chatting with this girl that I'd matched with in Singapore. And I don't know, we, it just felt great, actually. I was just chatting with this person and there was no pressure to meet her because she lived in Singapore. So I was able to still enjoy my life and still go through this process of figuring out who I was going out and having fun with friends, but didn't have the pressure of going and seeing this girl all the time, which is pretty much what what I tended to do. Right. Because when I got into something, I was just like 150% committed. Mm. And uh, it was quite, um, it was nice. It It was an organic process. We'd chat constantly online all the time. And then we started doing video calls. I still remember the first one, like you. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> awkward, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was just nice. And in fact, we talked for three months without even meeting each other face to face. And I went down and I met her in Singapore and it was um, amazing. Everything was just amazing that whole experience i don't regret this at all this whole chapter of my life because this part was just i was over the moon (laughs) and you know i felt like finally i'd found someone who just kind of matched me in energy matched made me feel good about myself maybe just enjoy being alive um it was that very real romantic love 100 percent and now I'm like, fuck, now I know what it feels like. Yeah. Because uh, I hadn't felt that with my ex. I felt great fondness. This is my, you know, my ex-girlfriend who I'd just broken up with. I, it, that was a fondness and, and a, an enjoyment of being together, but there was not this passionate love. Uh, and I was all into the expressions, big expressions. <laughs> like, like I was in my 20s again. That's how it felt. Yeah. Uh, and it was intoxicating. So I do understand it when people fall in love for the first time. I get it because I've mm. been there. And it's like, holy shit, you know, there is that one person. Yeah. Anyway, so we were doing this long distance thing for a while, uh, six months in total. 
I'd fly down, she'd fly up. Every now and then I did like surprise trips down as well. Um, I have a very memorable experience of going, rushing to catch a flight and getting to the airport and going to check in and them telling me it was the wrong airport. <laughs> oh, no. Holy shit. The money I spent in those six <laughs> months is just like insane because <laughs> it was every single month we'd do a trip. Uh, and so in the end, I decided I was just, it was not unsustainable. So I decided that um, it was time uh, time to probably move on from Thailand. I was My contract at my school had come to an end and it was a really interesting, and I'll, I'll just go back a little bit, uh, Sorry, I know I'm taking up this whole thing, but uh, there's a lot of time to, to you know, to, to talk about. I really discovered a love, a passion for teaching. And this was Which you hadn't so had before, right? left field, so unexpected. I absolutely loved it. And I, I, I loved the kids I worked with and they loved me. <laughs> it was just, you could tell, like for the first time in my life, I was doing something that I actually 100% believed in and and still do, to be honest. Some of the relationships I built with those kids still exist. So I left Thailand eventually in 2018. Some of those kids still send me messages on Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's very, very sweet. And oh, they're in their, their teens now. Um, so I saw some of them when I went back in 2020 for a, a quick visit. And... They all they like all ran out and um, mobbed me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Karen, Mr. Karen, Mr. Um, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they did it at our school. But uh, yeah, it was it was really um, it was really something to be in a career on a career path that I was I really passionately believed in, but. On top of this, this is where I kind of, you know, as long as we're talking about things, talking about where we are now and what we're passionate about now, I also built up a really passion, a great passion for coffee during this time. I was always into coffee, but in Bangkok, it was a kind of a small community of boutique coffee people who had cafes and um, they would get together and talk about coffee all the time. And I had, I had like three months between jobs um, in the middle of the time in Thailand. And so I became a barista for those three months. And it just got me connected with so many different people in the coffee industry. And it was just so cool to be a part of something like that and to see the coffee industry, what we call the third wave. So it's just like when people start, you know, all the fancy coffee, and they, they love it um, over there. And it was just really cool. I went to coffee farms. I got to visit processing place, uh, factories in different parts of Asia. It re- like really opened doors for me to be in this community, and that was really awesome. So when Maybe it came you to were the talking end of, about um, setting up a cafe or something, where you at well, well, yeah. So I became really passionate about that idea, and right at the end of my contract, my teaching contract, I was actually kind of could have really gone two ways. I'd been offered a job at a cafe with one of my best mates to help them out in their kind of very young business that they'd set up cafe business, and or it was go to Singapore. And this is probably this is probably a real turning point because it would have been super different directions. Um, and I could have joined this cafe business, which just after I left exploded, by the way. <laughs> mm. and, and it would have been amazing. Um, or go to Singapore, which obviously I did. 
and get I got a job as a teacher there and I guess I don't know this Singa- these Singapore years were quite interesting but I don't really want to focus on this part very much because we're kind of getting really into almost the present now but I was in Singapore from uh 2018 until 2020 and I wonder what happened in 2020 yeah I can't imagine could that be um so my time in Singapore was quite it was quite stressful Singapore is not necessarily a super interesting place to be it's a great place to get out of (laughs) so with my now girlfriend we did a lot of travel getting out of Singapore but Singapore is a work hard play hard town and it was just very very exhausting um we both just couldn't handle it anymore and um and my partner at the time decided you know she had been there like five years already and then we did a big trip back to New Zealand in 2019 and that was like really life-changing because that was my first trip to New Zealand in 11 years I think oh was it that long yeah so you can imagine if you know anything about New Zealand it's just insane and scenery wise if you go there as a tourist it's mind-blowing and I had that full experience going back as an outsider. You, know, you romanticize it, don't you? hundred percent. Like, oh, well, I'd, I'd already romanticized it, but then seeing mm. it in the in the flesh, I was like, holy shit, this is actually what I imagined it to be. Mm. Um, I just have to come back. And after the stressful environment of Singapore, it's like, holy shit, this is the, this is utopia. Mm. <laughs> and um, we both decided that it was time for us to leave Singapore and we thought about different options and then it was just settled on New Zealand. It was the, it was the place to be. So actually we decided to leave January, 2020. Uh, something else happened in January, 2020, <laughs> which coincidentally just so happened to be at the same time. Um, so there's a lot of drama obviously leading up to this little, around this little COVID section, which we don't really have time to go over now, but, um, I'm just going to, I'm actually, I'm going to leave the story there because there's this whole COVID chapter for me, which I probably would like to share separately, uh, in a future episode dedicated to those few years. Um, there's a lot of stuff that went on for me, uh, from 2020 until the present. So I'm just going to leave it at that point. Hmm. I apologize, bro. I've taken up basically the whole, <laughs> the whole episode. Right, you've got I'm just going to, I've got it out. I've, I've talked about like six years worth of stuff. So no pressure. <laughs> I don't even know where to start now. <laughs> yeah. I guess, well, I guess during, the last, the last point we came together was that time, that time when you came and visited St. Pat's day in, in Bangkok. Yes, and that was 2015. That was the first time I met your partner, right? Mm. Um, was yes, it or? Uh, or, no, 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 you, no, no, of course no, not, of course, because no, of the holiday, us. Yeah. of course, but it was the first time kind of meeting, seeing you guys in together, a different, yeah. a completely different context. Yes, yeah. yeah. Where we it went out drinking actually, and, it? yeah, yeah, it was a good time. And again, um, it was the first time me seeing you as that new person as well, you know, not attached to mm. your wife and, and that cloud. Yep. So yeah, that was, that was good fun actually, um, that trip. And we also, we went to Australia that trip too. So I think we came to you first in Thailand and then went to visit mum and dad in Harvey Bay. And Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I can't remember how long that was, but um, yeah, that was a good trip and, and it was fun hanging out with the new version of yourself too. Like, you know, because mm. obviously I'd been sort of this, you know, I had been going out drinking and stuff for years and it was fun to be able to go out. And it was kind of like, the, well, it wasn't the first time that we drank together, but it was the first time I felt like we could. Well, yeah. And well, I felt like know, I could. Yeah, exactly. And it was sort of a lot more um, liberal and fun and, and you took us around and it was the first time for us being in uh, Thailand too. So you got to show mm. us around. So yeah, we loved it there too. It was, it was a good time. Um, and basically from 2015 to 2017, actually, yeah, I mean, n- nothing really significant happened. We were still, you know, traveling lots and things were stable and good for us. Um, but probably about 20, um, it must have been after we got back from Thailand, I just started feeling quite homesick, um, which I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, and by homesick, I mean I talk about New Zealand. Um, New Zealand will always be my home, but England will also always be my home because I was there for nearly nearly 10 years, um, and most of my adult life actually was in England. So both places for me feel like home. Um, what, what was it about New Zealand that you actually missed? Like, pro- probably what made the you same feel things, connected? Probably the same things you just was discussing. Like I had romanticised it. Obviously, I'd been back to visit in 2012. And, you know, in your head, it's it's quite different when you go on holiday, you know, doing all the fun things and it's summertime and life's great, right? Uh, so... Every time I'd leave New Zealand, I would just be feeling so emotional about leaving. And I was like, I want to come home. And my partner knew this. I'd expressed that I, I was feeling homesick. But it's a long process and it's it's very stressful. Um, you know, this was not the first time I'd done an international move. Um, but it was his, though. Yes. So this would have been my third time. Yeah, doing an international move because we decided in the end that we would go back. And I, we, you know, we undenied about it for a long time. And I said to him, look, I don't want to force you to go if you don't want to leave England, you know, because his family's there. And um, I said to him, if you don't want to, I won't go. I'm, you know, I don't want to get there and you resent me for taking you away from your home. And he was like, no, no, like, you know, I'm ready for a new adventure and like, let's do this. So, um, you know, got, sort of got the ball rolling and it was looking at jobs and I ended up um, leaving my job in beginning of 2017 or March 2017. And I had a, I was working at a daycare at the time and I had a family approach me asking if I would like to nanny for them for a month, they were going to New Zealand. And I was like, hell yeah, like I'll go, you know, they were paying for my flights and, and like, I was like, cool, I'll go um, nanny for you. So I went back with, um, to New Zealand with them for a month in March, 2017. I came back and by then it was like end of April. And then (laughs) I had already booked flights to go back to New Zealand for a good friend of mine, her wedding was that May. So I went back again. Hold on. Was this the, so you went, was that the family that took you to Blenheim? Yes. So ah, I spent, right. Yeah. So I spent a month there um, nannying and my partner came out to visit 
while I was there for a couple of weeks as well. So, um, yeah, so it was quite cool. And then, uh, yeah, so I came back in the May. So I had been back to New Zealand more times in the last sort of mm. six weeks than I had like in years. Um, so it made me super excited about coming back to New Zealand. You, you um, got to see old friends and things, right? Yeah, yeah. So although I hadn't been to Blenheim really, which is in the top of the South Island, um, I hadn't really spent any time there. So it was all new to me, that area. But it was made me super excited to be back in New Zealand. So I came back to England. It was quite stressful trying to – we had a, a house to sell. Um, my partner was still working full-time, whereas I had finished in March. So it was me who was dealing with trying to find somewhere to live – in New Zealand my partner was still doing interviews and stuff so we didn't he didn't have a job yet so basically we were just waiting for him to get accepted mm. and we had his visa and everything and I during re- this I remember that time you guys stressing out a lot yeah it was it's it's a huge commitment and um I was like oh did I quit work too early but actually looking back no I needed to <laughs> to someone needed to you know arrange everything because we decided to take all our stuff as well. So it was arranging the container and oh, so much to organise. Uh, we also had a cat, <laughs> had to organise shipping for him to get to New Zealand. But anyway, during this time, we were also like, we want to like visit as many places in Europe as we can before we leave. So we spent, you know, as, as often as we could on, you know, my partner's week off or weekends, you know, we did a snowboard trip in, in Austria just before coming went to Berlin, lots of um lots of little trips just so that we felt like, yep, we've we've seen as many places as we can before we go. Because once you're in New Zealand, you're very isolated from the rest of the world and you It's, it's like being on another uh, planet. <laughs> yeah. It's highly unlikely that you'll, you know, A be able to afford it and B have the time to fly mm. to anywhere other than somewhere close like Australia or the islands. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, yeah, we um, my partner got a job in a place called New Plymouth. <laughs> and actually, I hadn't been to New Plymouth before. before it's funny we- because, I, I mean, it's very easy to look back in hindsight and pinpoint. Well, you're, ba- you're projecting back how you feel about the place you are now. But mm. I remember when you said New Plymouth, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you must have had some sense of that as well because if you grow up in New Zealand – Nobody goes to New Plymouth. No. People who have never left New Zealand still haven't been to New Plymouth. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, New Plymouth is is sort of out on a a limb on the west coast of the North Island. It's it's quite isolated out there. Yeah, it's our nearest city is probably two or three hours away. And uh, I hadn't been here. And I had heard from people like, oh, it's a bit of a a slow place to be living. Backwater. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we arrived October 2017. It was like, drove down to Plymouth and we're like, shit, okay, so this is where we're going to live. I remember the first thing I said, because there's a, um, well, people here call it a motorway. It's, it really isn't. It's just like a dual mm-hmm. carriageway. I was like, oh, my God, they've got a dual carriageway here. Like, it's big enough to have a dual carriageway. We'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was 2017 that we came well, I mean, so for context, New Plymouth is like a town of, what, 70,000? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, approximately. Yeah. yeah. And that includes sort of the wider rural area or outer so, skirts of the city. Yeah. So how did you actually kind of 
feel, you know, with that sense of home that you were homesick and now you're back on quote unquote home turf, did that feeling match what you would expect it to be? Uh, it, it did to begin with because I wasn't working. Um, we were going into the warmer months. It was exciting to be back. We were exploring this new place we were going to live. Uh, everything was new again because it had been, well, I left New Zealand in 2008. So it was all exciting and new. So it definitely matched like, oh, this feels so good to be home. Like I love the lifestyle. Um, you know, New Plymouth's right on the coast. So, you know, we'd go to the beach We've got the mountain there. Like there were so many cool things to do. And so, yeah, it was really exciting and definitely matched my expectation at that time. But it, it didn't, you know, New Zealand is not the same place it was when I left mm. all those years ago. I mean, was it ever um, though? That's the thing. Like, you, you, well, yeah, you have different views and well, different based on different experiences of what a place is like. You're not the same yeah. person. Yeah, and yeah. it's and coming back for holiday, it's always a good time, right? Mm-hmm. It's so different when you come back to live here, and definitely, I mean, it's been a tough what was been six years now. It's been a tough six years actually adjusting to real life here. Um, mm. You know, same shit, different place. <laughs> um, you know, we don't have time to go into all that the stuff about New Zealand that's not great, but mm. <laughs> we do we do love living here. You know, it's we're in a beautiful region, um, but we still do miss a home being England as well. You know, it's so far to and expensive to to go back, uh, mm. and we've we've went back last year, but yeah, yeah. I think for those people who have lived or set up house in two different. Well, not two different, any multiple times in different places around the world, you would understand that this the feeling of home is actually really, really complicated. It is. And yeah. putting and putting down roots in one place is mm. not as simple as you might imagine it to be. Mm. And I mean you're you have more of a sense of home than I do, that's for sure. You've done what, three international moves? I've done like six. Mm. Uh and each time you move, you leave a little part of yourself there, mm-hmm. even if it was only a short amount of time. Mm. And I mean, you pick up a lot of stuff too, though, right? You don't you don't leave empty-handed. You can leave with some bullshit yeah. as yeah. well, but at the same time, you you take away some experiences that people who stay at home would not have had. And yeah. that 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 was quite a challenge for me trying to negotiate what home meant to me and to this day I can't I don't really use the word home Mm. uh in that in the context that most people do uh just it's too difficult to describe what home is for me yeah Um, and also I guess coming into those COVID years too I definitely was grateful to be in a place like New Zealand during that time like given Mm. Uh, all the shit that was going on in the rest of the world. I think we were quite lucky to be in a place like New Zealand during that time. So. Yeah. And I guess on that, because this is probably when we'll tie it up, our our story, when we all kind of when came back together again, there is obviously much more to share probably in our individual tales for another time and place. But I guess it's a great time to tie it all together again being our story, our joint story, because this is about when the time we came together again. And uh, it was quite 
it was an interesting time because so obviously we came and spent time with you in 2019 with my spoiler alert ex-partner <laughs> but that's a tale for another time but the the two of us came over from Singapore in 2019 and we stayed with you and we saw your, your new house for the first time which you had not long been in you showed us around New Plymouth very proudly uh the first, my first time in New Plymouth and that was part of that journey that and then of course and then of course we went down to the South Island and experienced that together mm. so that was a big part of me wanting to come back uh, that was a, a very attractive idea for me to come back to New Zealand, but also a New Zealand that had family again. Mm. And it was just kind of this rediscovering of the fact that, you know, we are family. Like we started to feel like family again, not strangers. Mm. However, there was still mm. a lot of distance there. Right. And yeah. when we moved back, you guys very kindly put us up um, and things kind of turned to shit because of lockdown and everything. But then all of a sudden we were living together. <laughs> we we had <laughs> and not really only spent... were you living with us, we had a friend from England visiting oh, at the time right, yeah. who ended up obviously being stuck here because of COVID. So there was five of us all living in our house. Yeah, for, what so, was it, a month or something? Yeah, it was quite. It was it was a full on time, but it was we'd we'd not spent so much time together since I probably left home, and. Mm. Uh, that was really interesting time of getting to know each other again and getting on each other's nerves again, mm. <laughs> remembering that we're related again. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're growing up with someone, you kind of, you've, I don't know, when you know someone really well, you're normally brothers and sisters, you could just, you just speak your mind. <laughs> and it was kind of rediscovering that, that dynamic <laughs> yes. of a relationship as well. And um, I think still, even then though, I wouldn't have predicted that, three years later would be where we are now doing this. Mm. Yeah, I, like right. I didn't think that we would be in a point where we'd be able to talk. So in such a, re a relaxed fashion about life. Um, mm. And that for me, I guess if we're talking about tying things up, you know, at the end of this whole thing, uh, that has been the most valuable part of this experience for me is the fact that it's like we have rediscovered a, a brotherly and sisterly bond um <laughs> that more like a, a friendship now yeah you know, it didn't like really it's... exist before and in case everyone out there still continues to think that we're just putting this on you have no idea how different we are <laughs> <laughs> and how how many years we have almost literally hated each other <laughs> <laughs> we've come full circle <laughs> yeah shit it's um quite hard to believe and I think probably there are still people who are listening to this from the old days who still find it hard to believe. <laughs> yes. uh, so, I mean, I've, I've really valued that. And um, hopefully we're going to have some time before the baby pops out to actually do a proper reflective exercise. Mm. Um, but, but just in case. We... <laughs> but just in case, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any kind of final words, Brian? No, I think um, someone was talking to me about this um over the weekend and was asking about the podcast and I was saying how cathartic it's been and and rewarding to to go through this process with you and um talk about life you know life shit that you know both mm. of us had no idea about what the other one was going through and um you know being so far removed from each other for such a long time it's been so cool to mm. reconnect with those gaps in our you know relationship so to speak um 
so yeah that's been quite cool to reconnect again in that way um Mm, and it's been kind of like starting up a cold motor in a car right mm. you know the the engine has was turning over at first but it wasn't really starting uh mm. and it probably wasn't until probably maybe a few episodes in, maybe halfway along that we actually felt like the engine was actually moving and warming up and yep. that was kind of happening in real time not just as a podcast adventure but in terms of this kind of rediscovering of i guess reconnecting with each other mm. as well so yeah yeah, thanks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope Insert we get a chance to... chirping. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure I saw a tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just end on that. <laughs> it's a squeaky door. <laughs> Here comes the cowboy. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll, <laughs> we'll sign off there. And uh, hopefully we'll get to um, do, yeah, go through this whole thing and talk about it in some detail. Just if we do get a chance, it'll just be a very quick, um, dedicated reflection. reflection. Mm. Um, But, yeah, thanks, everyone, for joining us um, along, joining along with us on this journey. It's been great for us, and we hope that it's been really great for you. I hope you've learned not just stuff about us. Really, our greatest hope was that you would learn something about yourselves Mm. and not by reflecting our that you've had the same experiences as us, but at the very least helped you think about your own past, your own personality, your own trauma, your own experience, and that you've been able to hopefully kind of reconnect with that. And even if you haven't dealt with it yet, we're all still dealing with shit. So that's, (laughs) I want you to come out with that. It's actually okay. (laughs) It's okay to still be dealing with stuff. Um, Yeah. We want to end it on a hopeful note because life doesn't always get better but it can get better and it's all about perspective and i'm definitely uh have been appreciating a lot more just this process of you know going through all of this all this stuff and with with you as well bro anyway i'm rambling <laughs> uh but yeah thank Thanks, you everyone thank you very much and remember to look out for future episodes of this is our story keep an eye out on on the on the facebook page this is our story and on the instagram account our story underscore pod where i'll be putting some updates up about the future of uh, the podcast hopefully (laughs) hopefully i've got lots to catch up on anyway (laughs) thank you one and all and we are signing out thanks friends bye ciao